know where you stand in the age hierarchy, go to a wedding. Congratulations, Sam and McKenna. Yes, sir. So welcome to An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim. And my name is Steve. And yesterday we were fortunate enough to be able to go to a wedding. So each of Steve's kids has picked up um, sort of like a lifelong friend over the years. So there are three kids who have become sort of surrogate parts of the family. And Sam is one of them. And so Sam married his now lovely wife, McKenna, last night. And we went to we went to their wedding, and it was I thought it was a fascinating study in generational awareness because you you had um, Sam and McKenna are in their mid twenties, and so you had young young people who were out in the middle of the dance floor, and then you had like there was one lady in particular who looked like she was probably in her mid sixties maybe who was gave absolutely zero cares whatsoever what anybody thought of her. She was out rocking out with her bad self. And then you you had us kind of in the middle and we just kind of sat and took it all in. And I was acutely aware of like being right there in the middle generation. Like I wasn't one of the young people. I wasn't one of the old people. I was just kind of right smack in the middle. It was a beautiful wedding. McKenna it was beautiful. looked absolutely gorgeous. She did. She looked she like was beautiful. she came out of a magazine. Yeah. Her dress and, was super awesome. And Sam, and Sam looked okay. Sam looked pretty good too. So what else? Do you got anything else that you want to talk no, about up top? No, not, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to continue our series on food giants. And this week we're going to move into a little more, we say a little more modern times, but I mean, I would say modern compared to the Heinzes who we talked about last week. Yeah. But we um, we will see another food giant uh, and a little bit more play a cameo in this week's episode and, and a little bit more than Colonel Harlan Sanders too. Yes, a little bit different yeah. age group. Even though we will find yeah he's gonna have a cameo. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Um. So yeah, and we are going to get back into fast food, but we're not talking about McDonald's. Who the McDonald's brothers, in their own right, were pioneers in the fast food industry. Uh, they, not a lot of people know that they perfected the fast food assembly line concept that has been imitated by the entire industry and modified for particular restaurants, because obviously there is a difference between assembling a taco at Taco Bell and assembling a burger, which by the way, the um, guy who founded Taco Bell actually toured McDonald's, as did the two guys who founded Burger King toured McDonald's before it was nationwide. And they learned about this uh, fast food assembly line concept and that's where it came from. Yeah, well, while the McDonald's brothers of McDonald's fame, they weren't exactly industrial or process engineers, but they did figure out and they perfected how to get a burger meal out quickly and efficiently. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But today we aren't talking about the McDonald's. We're talking about Dave, where's the beef, Thomas of Wendy's. <laughs> so when he was about eight years old, Dave dreamed he'd run the best restaurant in the world. Dave loved two things above all else. Food and people. Yeah, that's my kind of guy right there. Yeah, well, that's why he started Wendy's. He believed in a place where you could get great food, made fresh, served by nice people. 
So with that, let's get into the Dave Thomas story. Now, I will say right up top, we are going to jump around timeline a little bit, um, but it'll make sense as we're going through it. It's kind of a, a little bit of a necessary thing. So Rex David Thomas, which I love the name Rex, uh, obviously means king. So I think that's really interesting that he became um, a, a great man with a name like Rex. Uh, Rex David Thomas was born in Atlantic City, New Jersey on July 2nd, 1932. So his birthday is coming up this week. Dave's biological father's name was Sam and his biological mother's name was Molly. We don't know why Dave was adopted, but sometime between six weeks and six months later, he was adopted by Rex and Oliva Thomas. And they, of course, helped shape who Dave became later on in life. Now, this is where we're going to skip ahead just a little bit and talk about um, one of Dave's biggest passions. He became a real advocate for adoption. President George Bush named him a national spokesman on adoption issues, and much of his life, Dave Thomas traveled throughout North America to make a difference and to bring hope to thousands of children in foster care. Thousands. In 1990, he accepted President George Bush's invitation to be the spokesman for the White House Initiative on Adoption, Adoption Works for Everyone. Now, because of his background as an adoptee and his stature in the business community, Dave obviously accepted the challenge of raising awareness for the cause. And he also wanted to reduce the red tape and costs that discouraged many families from adopting. I don't know what it is now, but I know several years ago when some friends of ours chose to adopt a child, the cost for an international adoption was $18,000 and an, um, an adoption from the United States averaged about ten grand. So it is very a very expensive process. Dave knew he could do more, so in 1992, he established the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption located in Dublin, Ohio. DTFA is a public nonprofit organization that provides grants to national and regional adoption organizations for programs that raise awareness and make adoption easier and more affordable. Through its signature program, Wendy's Wonderful Kids, the foundation provides grants to adoption agencies to hire recruiters who use an evidence-based, child-focused recruitment model to find loving, permanent homes for children waiting in foster care. Dave is quoted as saying, if we can get one child adopted into a loving family, all our work will be worth it. In 1997, Dave testified before Congress on the need for adoption tax credits to make adoption more affordable. And in 1996, President Clinton signed a tax credit bill into law, giving adoptive parents a tax credit of $5,000 when they adopt. At the public signing, the president personally thanked Dave Thomas and acknowledged the impact he'd made on adoption across the country. Three years later, Dave and the DFTA partnered with the U.S. Postal Service to create and promote the adoption stamp. It was unveiled in October 1999 at Rockefeller Center in New York and was available starting in May of 2000. And it had four themes, adopting a child, shaping a life, building a home, and creating a world. The DFTA has continued to serve children in foster care with a mission of dramatically increasing the number of adoptions of children waiting in North America's foster systems. Because of Dave Thomas's consistent efforts and the support of everyone around him, the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption has found forever families for more than 9,000 children in foster care. That is incredible and amazing that one man's impact can give lives to 9,000 children. I think this speaks a lot about his character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dave Thomas is one of my favorite um, 
just kind of business people and like figureheads. I, I have a lot of respect for him. And we wanted to get that in there early. If you want to learn more or if you want to donate or create a fundraising event, you can actually, um, you know, because DFTA is still out there doing doing the work that he started, you can visit DaveThomasFoundation.org or call 1-800-ASK-DFTA. Well, back to her story, which again, I just... I'm going to say it again. That just speaks amazing of his character and uh, the type of guy that Dave Thomas is. His love for kids. I think that's, you know, anybody that has a heart for kids like that is, he's a good man. After his adoptive mother's death when he was five, his father moved around the country looking for work. By the age of 10, Dave had already lost two stepmothers as well. He spent summers in Maine with his adoptive grandmother, Minnie Thomas, who was his closest relative and a big influence on his life. Dave was credited with her teaching him the importance of service and treating others well with respect, lessons that helped him in his future business life. Now, some sources say Maine, but I did see one source that said that Minnie Thomas lived near Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I'm kind of going with Maine. Maybe she moved at some point. Maybe so. At age 12, Dave had his first job at Regis Restaurant, which was a fine dining restaurant in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Then he lost it in a dispute with his boss. Hmm. Kind of starting off like uh, Yeah, you, you think that he's going to be a hothead. But-, but decades later, Regis Restaurant installed a large autographed poster of Thomas just inside their entrance, which remained there until the business closed in 2010. Was it? I'm so curious. Was it? Was it 12 year old Dave Thomas or like <laughs> grown um, up Dave Thomas that we know and love? <laughs> but uh, Dave vowed to never lose another job. It's a good. He good worked. Thing. He worked different jobs as a paper boy, a golf caddy, and at a soda fountain counter in a drugstore. By 15, he was working at the Hobby House Restaurant in Fort Wayne, Indiana. When his father prepared to move again, Dave decided to stay in Fort Wayne and dropped out of high school to work full-time at the restaurant. Uh, Dave Thomas considered dropping out of school as the greatest mistake of his life. I wonder, um, do you know if he was 15 at that time? Like, his dad moved away and he stayed there at 15. I wonder if he, like, was kind of off on his own at that point or if maybe he was older by then, by the time his no, dad moved. No, I think it was... His dad moved at 15 and he dropped out of high school and, to work full time. And he stayed there yeah. in Fort Wayne by himself, like without his dad. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, well, I guess that's just what he did. That's You know, there, there may have been friends. I don't know. It didn't go yeah, in the story. Yeah, that's true. I guess he could so, have had like yeah. surrogate parents or something or yeah. whatever. As interest in Dave grew, he was often asked to talk to students, business, and the media about free enterprise success and community service. When Dave was asked to speak about his accomplishments to students, he advised kids to get all the education you can. Some students challenged Dave because he had dropped out of high school. So 45 years after dropping out of high school, Dave went back and earned his GED from Coconut Creek High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that was the public school yeah, where he right would have yeah, Lauderdale. high school kids would have gone. He said, I was adopted by the senior class of Coconut Creek High School near my home in Fort Lauderdale. They voted me (laughs) most likely to succeed and elected 
my wife Lorraine and me, prom king and queen. Aww, well, now that's kind of not kids. fair because he, yeah, most likely. To <laughs> well, he's already done it, so They're but such, whatever. I feel like that's such good kids, though. What what sweet kids? But to, again, what a, like, what a welcome role, him with open arms. But and, what a role model he was to go yeah, back. Yeah, he certainly did not need to go. No, he didn't. Back to high school, he had nothing GED, to but prove, but but he did. But he did. Uh, in his autobiography, Dave's Way, Dave shared his experiences and insight into achieving his dreams. As he put it, it also tells people about my mistakes and what they should avoid. It's important to learn from your mistakes, and I hope people can learn from mine. Dave also published a book on success called Well Done. Get it? Well done, like a like a hamburger. Uh, okay. Well done, like meat, like well done. I know, I get it. And, and the business book, Franchising for Dummies. Proceeds from all his books went to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. He subsequently became an education advocate and founded the Dave Thomas Education Center in Coconut Creek, which offers GED classes to young adults. At the outbreak of the Korean War in 1950, rather than waiting for the draft, he volunteered for the United States Army at age 18 to have some choice in his assignment. So with Dave having a little bit of food production work in uh in his background and his resume, he uh, he asked to he requested to uh, go to the Cooks and Bakers School at Fort Benning, Georgia. After that, he was sent to West Germany as a mess sergeant and was responsible for pay- preparing daily meals for about two thousand soldiers. That's six thousand meals a day. Uh, when he got out, he achieved the rank of staff sergeant, and he was discharged in 1953 upon which he returned to Fort Wayne and the Hobby House. Aw. Humble. Very. Yeah. Yeah. In the mid-1950s, none other than KFC founder Colonel Harlan Sanders came to Fort Wayne to find restaurateurs with established businesses in order to sell KFC franchises to them. Now, at first, Dave, who was the head cook of the restaurant, and the owners of the restaurant, the Klaus family, decided, decided that they weren't interested in Colonel Sanders' offer. But the colonel persisted, and the Klaus family franchised their restaurant with KFC and later owned many other KFC franchises in the Midwest. Now, during this time, Dave Thomas worked with Colonel Harlan Sanders on many projects to make KFC more profitable and give it brand recognition. Well, I hope no one was out painting signs. I know, right? I, I feel like Dave Thomas would never do that, but... Um, but I, can you picture that? Like somebody out painting signs and here comes Dave Thomas, like trying to talk Colonel Sanders down out of like, <laughs> Harlan, don't, Harlan, don't, Harlan, don't shoot him. <laughs> Among, we'll just paint it over later. <laughs> it's fine. Among other things, um, Thomas suggested to Sanders that, um, that they implement a reduction of the number of items on the KFC menu and kind of focus on a signature dish in order huh. to get, what would the signature dish be? Chicken? <laughs> In order to... I'll tell you what, it wasn't those mashed potatoes or gravy. It was not, and it certainly wasn't a crispy recipe. Anyway. Um, The goal was he wanted to... He was trying to make KFC more profitable and give it more brand recognition. And so Thomas also suggested Sanders make commercials in which he would appear. So who knew that Dave Thomas was the one that convinced Colonel Sanders to make commercials about himself? He would, um, Dave Thomas was sent by the Klaus family in the mid-1960s to help turn around four failing KFC stores they owned in Columbus, Ohio. And it, by 1968, he had increased sales in those four fried chicken restaurants so much that he sold his share in them back to Sanders for more than $1.5 million. 
That experience would prove invaluable to Thomas when he began Wendy's about a year later. After serving as a regional director for Kentucky Fried Chicken, Thomas became part of the investor group, which founded Arthur Treacher's. Did you ever eat an Arthur Treacher's? I want to say that we had, when we went to Seattle, I feel like when we were walking along the pier, I thought that we went to an Arthur Treacher's then, but surely not. I, I don't think so. I don't think we would have gone to Arthur Treacher's in Seattle because it's mean, like it's, a fast food place. To me, it's the best fish and chips, fast food type fish and ever, chips I have ever had. I thought it was pretty good. I've never been a big fan of um, any of the fast food fish and chips places. Like I don't, f- well, fast this food was good. fish is kind of, uh. The last one I remember was at the Breezewood Exit on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and it was there a long time hmm. after all the others had kind of disappeared. I do think and I've I think seen we stopped there one. I think I've there. seen one. I don't remember eating there, but that's not to say that I didn't. Um, well, I also, I'm not going to embarrass you and say I know we ate there. I'm but. sure we did. I forget things so easily. I also think it's really interesting that Dave Thomas sold his shares of a company that wasn't his for $1.5 million. Like he... Um, it was a franchise. Yeah, but he didn't own that franchise. The Klaus family owned the franchise. Maybe he owned a part of it. Or so yeah, he yeah. he sold his shares, which may, I just am curious. I wonder how much that franchise ended up being worth. Then his share alone was worth one point five million dollars. Um, and also, I think it's interesting that he sold it to Colonel Sanders and not back to the Klaus family. So anyway, Dave only stayed with Archer Treachers for less than a year before he moved on to found Wendy's. He loved hamburgers and visited every hamburger stand he could find. And when a friend mentioned that it was hard to get a good lunch in downtown Columbus, Dave saw an opportunity. Now, I do want to say here, too, that it is no longer hard to find good burgers in Columbus. Shout out to Thurman Burger. (laughs) The Thurman Burger, which was probably open at the time. I think so. I'm pretty sure it was, actually. I think Thurman's opened in the 50s. Yep. Dave Thomas opened his own restaurant. Oh, I wonder why they never ran down to Thurman Avenue. Well, okay, but downtown. He, it, downtown Thurman's not isn't really downtown, and Thurman seats approximately four people, so it's a tiny little hole in the wall place. Well, Dave opened his own restaurant on November fifteenth, nineteen sixty nine. The first Wendy's was located at two fifty seven East Broad Street in Columbus, Ohio. So that's only. Have you ever been it, there? No. You, it's, I know you grew up in, Col- in the Columbus yeah, area. It's it's right downtown close to the state house. We should go there sometime. The original restaurant remained open until March 2nd, 2007, when it was closed due to lagging sales. We should go to the place where it used to be sometime. I'm, I'm sure we will. We have been by it many times. After trying all five of his children's, children's names for the restaurant... Dave decided on his daughter Melinda's nickname, Wendy being the nickname for the restaurant. He chose the name Wendy because her siblings couldn't pronounce her name, so they started calling her Winda, which turned into Wendy. He felt that the logo of a smiling, wholesome little girl with the name Wendy's Old Fashioned Hamburgers would be the place where you would want to go to get a hamburger. I'm going to call it Wendy's Old Fashioned Hamburgers. Before his death in 2002, Dave admitted regret for naming the franchise after his daughter, saying, I should have just named it after myself because it put a lot of pressure on her. But I read interviews with Wendy who said, you know, yeah, it was a little little awkward and weird during her teenage years, she said, but she, all of his kids were 
dad's kids. Like she was a daddy's girl and she loved him. All of his kids did. And so she said now she thinks it's kind of cool. But yeah, when she was growing up, it was a little, a little awkward. Well, Wendy's restaurant became known for its square hamburgers. Now, I don't know why he chose square versus round. Maybe it was for packaging. Could be. Maybe it was just to be different. I don't know. Could be. But the first menu included hot and juicy hamburgers, rich and meaty chili, french fries, soft drinks, and a frosty dairy dessert. But in those days, you could only get a chocolate frosty. Now, you really like Wendy's chili. I do. And I know all of those horror stories of Wendy's chili is made from the old hamburgers and blah, 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 and all that stuff that you read on the internet. I don't even care. Tastes good. I don't care what it's made of. It's not true, though. It's not true that it's made of old old hamburgers? No. I don't care what it's made of. It could be, like, made of ground-up rat. It tastes good. I don't care. And also, I... Vanilla Frosties are a new thing. Like, I feel like Vanilla Frosties are within the last decade. And I am a Frosty traditionalist. So in my mind and opinion, there is but one Frosty. And it is chocolate. And it is for dipping your French fries into. I happen to like the Vanilla Frosty. But vanilla is my favorite flavor of that type of dessert type stuff. it is. The Wendy's pickup window concept came about in 1970. And the first freestanding restaurant. The pickup window wasn't a brand new idea, but no one had made it work successfully. So while the McDonald's brothers figured out how to run that assembly line, mm-hmm. Dave Thomas figured out how to make the uh, the drive-through Put window. Put it all together. Put, yeah, made the drive-through window work. Cool. Originally designed as an add-on to the building to help generate some extra money in sales, it proved to be the just the, the catalyst that propelled Wendy's from a four-store Columbus chain into a food service giant. In 1973, Dave began to franchise the Wendy's, Wendy's concept. And his concept of franchising was selling franchises for entire cities and regions rather than single units. Mm. So it wasn't just a franchise for... You know what I'm thinking. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, one of these days we'll have um, a, another big announcement someday in the future. Uh, involving an hour of your life franchise. That's not true. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was an industry innovation and enabled Wendy's to open up more than a thousand restaurants in the company's first 100 months. And in 1979, the company was the first national chain to introduce salad bars. And in 1983, Wendy's added baked potatoes to the menu. Now, to me, this kind of sets Wendy's apart from other fast food places. That's a pretty novel idea right there. It is. I don't know of anybody else that has baked potatoes. And baked potatoes, to me, are something that's like, that's not fast food. And we had them tonight for supper. We did. And I would argue that you can throw that baked potato in the microwave in about 10 minutes, have fast food. That's way too slow for fast food. Fast food is like... Two less than two minutes. You get and, served in fourteen seconds, or and something like that. and our baked potatoes were just plain old baked potatoes. Wendy's baked potatoes, you can get them stuffed with all kinds of stuff. Like you can get a cheddar and broccoli baked potato. You can get a sour cream and onion baked potato. You can get, um, I mean, you can get just like a plain old baked potato. You can get them with bacon. You can get them all kinds of ways. Wendy should pay us for advertising we tonight. Should, we should. Anyway. Uh, in 1982, Dave Thomas resigned from his day-to-day operations at Wendy's. I'm getting hungry. Oh, how could you? That was a filling baked potato that we had. 
1985, several company business decisions, including an awkward new breakfast menu and loss in brand awareness due to fizzled marketing efforts, caused the company's new president to urge Thomas back into a more active role with Wendy's. He started to visit franchises and stress his hardworking so-called mop bucket attitude. That's how I picture him. Which did not involve throwing mashed potatoes and gravy on the floor. Just a down-to-earth guy. Yeah. That's how I picture Dave Thomas. I... Yeah, I think of Dave Thomas and Colonel Sanders visiting their franchises and a mop bucket attitude means something very different to each of them. (laughs) (laughs) When he's... Dave wasn't, you know, it wasn't the poor kid behind the counter and get up, get the mop bucket up to clean up because Dave threw a burger all over the floor. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, Wendy's has not traditionally done so well with breakfast. I saw a commercial on there earlier that they're trying it again. Yeah. Um, They experimented with omelets to order, but they soon figured out that an omelet wasn't the most portable meal to be had. A lot of the times drive through, you want something that you can eat in your car. I know that we have a hard time with Taco Bell just because it's hard to eat tacos and drive at the same time. Yeah, it would be hard to eat an omelet. Yeah. I think it would I mean, be the same kind of a thing. Even you gotta, if you, you got to use a fork and a, you got to hold it. So how are you going to drive? I mean, even if you could kind of wrap it as like sort of like a taco sort of a shape, it's still going to be hard. I even as a McDonald's, burrito, I think it'd McDonald's be hard. came out with the uh, breakfast burrito. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like an omelet, omelet wrapped uh, in. In a tortilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's pretty, so yeah, it's but pretty it's hard to order an omelet at the drive-thru and eat it on the run. Not to mention like a personalized omelet. I was only joking. That is nothing like if an you, omelet. I, it kind of is. It's got all the things that an omelet has. It's just in a tortilla shell, which is essentially what a breakfast burrito is. It's an omelet and a tortilla, right? Yeah. There. Okay. Um, and it takes too much time to prepare an omelet. So while it sounded like a good idea, the competition was preparing breakfast sandwiches that could be slid down a chute, sit under a warming light, and be ready to go. I do like a brick uh, a tortilla, though. I mean, a, a breakfast a, burrito. A breakfast burrito, yeah, they're good. They they're all right. Um, they Wendy's has experimented with breakfast four or five times over the years, but they just haven't seemed to be able to make it work. So best of luck to the Wendy's folks as they go about breakfast once again. I mean, honestly, I think McDonald's when it comes to Quick breakfast on the road. I mean, who really, who doesn't like a good Egg McMuffin? Seriously. I mean, it's okay. I mean, and we noticed that our Egg McMuffins out of the McDonald's in Beaver Creek, uh-huh. when we would travel, remember, we'd say, man, the ones in Beaver Creek are so much better than the other places. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm So I'm on Wendy's website right now looking at their breakfast. Honestly, like, it looks really good. Um, it doesn't it looks kind of like a hamburger though like they just put it's basically a hamburger made out of sausage it's on a hamburger bun it's got folded egg bacon and sausage it looks really good but it's on a breakfast well it's on like a bun i'll tell you one thing though my biscuits and gravy are better than just about any restaurants out there i'd agree with that yeah thank you (laughs) Because you, you sure eat them up when I fix it. I do. I now I'm now I kind of want to try a Wendy's breakfast later. It looks uh, they have. I mean, well, their cheese looks a little sketchy, but it's all right. Okay. Anyway, in 1989, Dave took on a significant role as the TV spokesperson in a series of commercials for the brand. 
He was not a natural actor, and initially his performances were criticized as stiff and ineffective by advertising critics. But by 1990, after efforts by Wendy's advertising agency, Bacher Spielvogel Bates, to get humor into the campaign. Well, that's a mouthful. Is that why you, you put it in my notes instead yep, of yours? Exactly. <laughs> a decision was made to portray Thomas in a more self-deprecating and folksy manner. And this proved much more popular with test audiences. And consumer brand awareness of Wendy's eventually regained levels it had not achieved since octogenarian Clara Peller's wildly popular Where's the Beef campaign of 1984. And that line's so popular, it's still repeated in some circles. Yeah, sometimes you hear. I mean, it's not like the real young kids unless you hear it. But yeah. people of that generation, oh, yeah, they they, still I mean, say. it's like, well, where's the beef? Yeah. Yeah. And if you've not seen that commercial, just go to YouTube. Oh, I'm sure you can find it and, on YouTube. And, and just search Where's the Beef? Wendy's Where's the Beef? And you'll see it. And interestingly, Dave Thomas has more television credits to his name than Colonel Sanders did. So That's kind of... I know. It's really interesting, huh? Well, he's the one that pushed he's, the colonel to do he's it. He's the one that said it, and he leads by example. You know what? I bet a lot of the younger kids who do say Where's the Beef? really have no clue where that came from. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. They've just heard it. They've just heard it repeated. Yeah. They don't know what it means. They don't. Yeah. They. Yeah. I don't think they would ever relate it back to Wendy's. No. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't mm. know. They're on YouTube a lot. <laughs> With Dave's natural down-to-earth style and his relaxing manner, he quickly became a household name, Dave Thomas, Wendy's Burgers. It was just. Yeah, they're it was hand just, it in was hand. Just, it went hand in hand. A company surveyed during the 1990s, a decade during which Thomas starred in every Wendy's commercial that aired, found that 90% of Americans knew who Dave Thomas was. He was a pretty popular guy. He was. Yeah, the face was out there. After more than 800 commercials, it was clear that Thomas played a major role in Wendy's status as the third most popular burger restaurant in the United States. I guess most people recognize Ronald McDonald, too. And the king. Yep. You, you had a thing oh. about the king for a long time. I still have a thing against the king. Um, but the only reason why I am not no longer boy, I boycotted Burger King for a long time because the king creeps me out. But I stopped boycotting Burger King because during COVID, they um, like basically gave up their Instagram page to local restaurants. They would feature local restaurants all day, every day on their Instagram page to get them to drum up business. Um, to support local. So I now no longer have a problem with Burger King. But in 1994, Dave Thomas made a cameo appearance as himself in Bionic Ever After, a reunion TV movie based on the $6 million man and the Bionic woman. And it, this is like prime 80s, 80s stuff. I mean, it happened in 94, but those are like big 80s names. In 1982, Thomas and several other people had come together to form a school known as the Wellington School in Columbus, Ohio. It's a K-12 co-ed private school off of, off of Reed Road. He was married for 47 years to Lorraine. And then in addition to Melinda, they had three more daughters, Pam, Lori, and Molly, and a son, Kenny. So I'm... We said that he... The other... He tried out his kids' other names, too, like... Pam's Burgers, Lori's Burgers, Molly's Burgers, I feel like could have worked. That, that has that I, ring. I like, think it's good. Yeah, yeah, I think Molly could have worked. Um, Kenny's Burgers. Uh, mm -hmm. um, although Kenny did die. Well, but at that time, you had uh, also Kenny Rogers Chicken. Oh, Who was okay. going around. So. That's fair. Um, and then Kenny passed away in 2013. 
But Dave's daughter still continued to own and run multiple Wendy's locations. And he also founded the chain Sister's Chicken so that Pam, Lori, and Molly would have their own place that wasn't just, it's not just about Wendy. Uh, and so uh, Sister's Chicken and Biscuit started in 1978. In December 1996, the portly Dave Thomas had quadruple bypass surgery. Though he soon returned to his busy schedule of making commercials, he began undergoing kidney dialysis in early 2001. On January 8, 2002, he passed away at the age of 69. He died of liver cancer at his home in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So even though Dave Thomas was a, a giant in the industry, um, I think, you know, you got to be careful when you're, he loved, uh, you know, we talked about, you mentioned he loved hamburgers and eventually it, it got him that love of hamburgers. You got to, if you're going to be a fast food I giant, you got to be don't careful. don't know if there's a relationship between hamburgers and liver cancer. No, but he had quadruple bypass surgery. Okay. So you got to be careful if you're going to be a fast food giant. You can't can't get too far into it. What's my excuse right now? <sighs> Lack of exercise during COVID. <laughs> I admit. Sure. I sat around. I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, instead we're working of getting on up it. and exercise. We're working yep. on it. Dave Thomas was buried in Union Cemetery in Columbus, Ohio. At the time of his death, there were more than six thousand Wendy's restaurants operating in North America. Customers called to say they would miss Dave's endearing smile parents and children touched by adoption wrote to express their thanks he was truly one of the nice guys they said in addition to um you know all of that work with president clinton president bush in 1979 dave thomas received the horatio alder award for his success with his restaurant chain which had reached annual sales of one billion dollars with franchises back then 1979 a billion dollars is a lot yeah in 1980 he received yeah. A billion dollars <laughs> is a, a lot, lot of now, money yeah. right now. That's I true. won't buy a lottery ticket unless at least gets to a billion because, <laughs> you know, a half a billion is just not worth my time nor effort. No, right. In 1980, um, Dave Thomas received the Golden Plate Award of the American Academy of Achievement. He was inducted into the Junior Achievement U.S. Business Hall of Fame in 99. He, like his former boss, Colonel Sanders, was an honorary Kentucky colonel. So I wonder why we don't call him Colonel Thomas. I don't know. I guess he's just Dave. He's Dave. He was posthumously. That fits his yeah. persona. Yeah. He was, Dave Thomas was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 20, or 2003. And he was raised a Master Mason in Sol, Sol D. Bayless Lodge Number 359 of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't understand all of this masonry talk, but... He became a 32nd degree Mason. Okay, I know that a 32nd degree Mason is as high as you can get in the Mason hierarchy. So he knew like all the secrets. And I know that from like the History Channel and all that stuff. Whoa, what what, a 32nd degree Mason NMJ. Do you know what that is? No idea. I don't know what that is either. Um, But so Dave Thomas probably knew about the Knights Templar. I Googled it, but my... uh, my internet shut off immediately oh, when I Googled it. It does not surprise me. I bet he knows where, he probably knew where the Holy Grail was. Maybe so. I bet he did. Um, he was became a 32nd degree Mason on November 16th, 1961. So he was in it for a long time in the Scottish Rite bodies of Fort Wayne. Well, I think it probably takes a long time to get up to that high a level. Yeah, but he got up there pretty, I mean, 1961, that's not, I don't feel like that's that old. Right? It's not like he became a Mason like late in life. 
I don't know. He affiliated with the Miami, Florida Scottish Rite bodies on December 18th, 1991, was invested with the rank and decoration of Knight Commander Court of Honor on November 13th, 1993 in Jacksonville, Florida. Again, Mason stuff. I have no idea what that means, but if you are a Mason... Every then- time I try to Google it to find out... <laughs> The yeah, computer shut down. If you're a Mason, then I, you know, maybe write to us and let us know, like, how, what does that mean? Yeah, with that, I mean, write to us without putting, you know, you don't have to spill any too Masonic secrets, but um, he was coroneted an Inspector General Honorary SJ on November 25th, 1995 in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, have no idea what that was. And he was unanimously elected to the Scottish Rite's highest honor, the Grand Cross, by the Supreme Council 33rd degree in executive session on October 3rd, 1997 in Washington, D.C. I so guess there, I was wrong. I there guess must be a higher. So he's. He's up there. He's a big deal, I guess. I don't. Mm. I, yeah. Suddenly I'm a little bit intimidated by Dave Thomas. Maybe we should do a. Uh, an hour of your life on Masons. Ooh. I don't know. We I could, like my life, though. I want to continue oh, to I live many I, hours I, of I, my I don't, life. I don't think they're, like, violent. No, they're not violent. They just have a way of making people disappear. No, those are other groups. Mm-hmm. You've been watching too much TV. Whatever. Okay. We have a lot of choices when it comes to burgers. When it comes to fast food burgers, I... Immediately, when you think of fast food burger, I think of McDonald's, McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, which mm-hmm. is the, the the top three. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I want that flavor, just a plain old McDonald's burger, Ugh. and there's nothing else that's going to satisfy me except that flavor. Now, don't say because you've done that too. Yeah, I just, I. It's just sometimes, not all the time, but I sometimes. I haven't had McDonald's. So I didn't have a McDonald's burger for a really long time, and then I had one, and it just tasted like biting into a big chunk of salt. But like I said, just sometimes I want that just single little McDonald's burger. Not yeah. a Big Mac, not a quarter pounder, not a quarter pounder of cheese, just <laughs> that one little tiny McDonald's burger. But then sometimes I just I want that flavor of that flame broiled taste of a Burger King burger. I, I do like Burger King burgers. But then there's sometimes that I want a Wendy's burger. I think of when I when I think of Wendy's, I do, and I don't know why, but I do tend to think of them. Maybe it's the baked potatoes. I think of them as a more upscale burger, and, and the, I I for some reason I think of their ingredients as being more fresh. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe because they do have the salad bar, maybe because they have. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I do the, think of them as a. They little offer more. different things that it. I it's fast food, but I don't always associate it as fast food. Right. It seem Wendy seems a little bit fancier. I don't know. I don't know why yeah, they just seem I'm, a little bit more upscale. Upscale of the burger world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. No, I know what Wendy's, you mean. I can't really put my finger on it, but that's right. Yeah, you know I what know I'm what saying. It, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and. and I, it's just something about like they don't it's it's a good balance of stuff too like I never I don't feel like Wendy's ever puts too many condiments and sauces and stuff on their burgers well you ask for what you want on it I know well no it comes with the things on it like it comes with ketchup mayo mustard or whatever but they I, don't put a ton of it on there and their their toppings and stuff always seem like they're really fresh like they just cut the tomatoes and they just pick the lettuce apart and it's not just well, like frozen tomatoes when i want a wendy's burger i want it with ketchup and mayo that's it and cheese sometimes oh see i always get like full toppings on it 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the the meat at Wendy's is a little bit bigger. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the square corners. I don't know. Maybe don't know. it's the fact that it has corners. But like McDonald's the, and Burger King, uh, they're they have those little tiny burgers. Yeah. And to to get the same comparison, you got to get like a quarter pounder. Yeah. So or, Wendy's or like is already starting off as a a little bit bigger. A, well, a quarter pound of meat. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had Wendy's in a long time. And usually, honestly, like you said, when I go to Wendy's, I usually get the chili. Yeah, you do. I do like their chili. Because I know we've gone through Wendy's traveling up the road when we, mm-hmm. and we've stopped at Wendy's. Well, we tried to stop at Wendy's when we went down to Nashville yeah, a couple they weeks were ago. Still, they were still shut down. All the, all the drive-through only. Drive-through only. And that was kind of hard to do with the camper attached yeah. to the back. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes I do get a, tr- a craving for White Castle's. Oh yeah, tell explain White Castles because that's that's not a everywhere thing. I think most people know what White Castles is. White Castles, well, down south they also have a little a chain called Crystal Burgers, Six. which they're just about the same thing as White Castles, but White Castle burgers are steamed, where Crystal Burgers are fried. Now there's some oh, are other they? little yeah, and there are some other little subtle differences, but I thought basically they are pretty much the same thing. It's a little tiny piece of meat. Yeah, that's like steamed like a little, 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 like a half dollar size. It's a what's what are those what, called? Um, sliders. Like it's They're like sliders. a slider. Yeah, I mean you can get you can get Crystal Burgers frozen or uh, White what Castle Burgers frozen at Kroger. Well, you can you get, used to get them for the kids. You can get Skyline Chili frozen at Kroger too, but that doesn't mean it's everywhere. Yeah, but it basically it's this little tiny piece of meat. The buns are steamed. Mm-hmm. Well, they it's got they, onions they, on it. It's got onions, like really tiny chopped onions. Yeah, and a lot of people like to go there for. They have crave cases, so you buy them by the case. Yeah, you don't you don't get, get one a white castle. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Not I mean, thing. it takes it like at least six of them to yeah make like a quarter pounder or something yeah, like they're that. Little, but whatever the the craze is, a lot of people will go there for Valentine's Day. You yeah. have to make re- oh yeah, that's you have true. to make reservations at White Castle you took for me to Val- a White Castle for Valentine's we did. Day we one year. We went to Columbus, but it wasn't fancy. We went to a um, we went to a Blue Jackets game and then to a White Castle. And we went to a White Castle. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a different flavor. It is. But like I said, there's down south they have Crystal Burgers, but it's a little bit different. Some people will describe a, a White Castle burger as sweeter. And it has a sweet taste compared to the Crystal Burger. Hmm. I don't know. You'd, I don't know. You'd have to compare them, and I've never compared them side by yeah, side. Yeah, I've only had a Crystal Burger yeah. like once ever, and it was at a gas station, so it probably wasn't even a quality yeah. Crystal Burger. Well, let's not forget about Steak and Shake Burgers. Yeah. Okay. And you used to like Jack in the Box, I which was like a Jack in the Box, an out west thing. We used to not see it until we got to St. Louis, but. They had them in Nashville. They had one in that or two, a couple in Nashville. And then now they have one that's about 45 minutes south, 30, 45 minutes yeah. south. In we Mason, never, go, in Mason, we never go there. And I think part of the reason why I like Jack in the Box was because it, it was quote unquote exotic. Like it wasn't something exotic. that I just had free access to. It's like an In-N-Out burger. We don't have In-N-Out burger in Ohio. So I feel like if I were to go to an In-N-Out burger, I would like love it because it's not something that I can get anywhere else. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, there's plenty of local chains, independent burger joints. Like Thurman's. Like Thurman's. If you're local, make sure you go buy City Barbecue and get one of their smoked burgers. Um, who else around here has local? Oh. Lucky's. Lucky's. Keener Farms, I will say, if you are in the Dayton area, any place that has Keener Farms burgers, those are the 
the best burgers in the Dayton metro area, bar none. I know Trolley Stop serves them. Non-fast food. I think Fifth Street serves them. I know Lucky serves them. So if you're in Dayton, Ohio, find some place that has a Keener Farms burger. But anyway, back to Dave Thomas. He's quite a man, quite a story. He certainly had a passion for Wendy's, but he also had a huge passion for kids and adoption and education. So Yeah, and I think that's really what kind of sets him apart from the other people. I think from everything we read and the research here, he seemed to be a very genuine person and really had a passion for kids and adoption and did a lot of work. He's he, he. and his foundation is still doing a lot of work oh, yeah. for kids and there adoption. There are some people that are just like, I don't want to say cutthroat, but like they do what they have to do to get ahead. And then there are some people like, I, I put Dave Thomas in the same category as I would put like Dolly Parton, like genuinely good people that got ahead by being genuinely good people. I mean, they had the talent, whatever their, their skill set is, they had the talent, but they also, it's proof that good things do happen to good people. And if you work hard and you have, you know, a positive outlook on life that you, you really can't do it. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't stingy or tight with his money. I'm right. He was a businessman. He was probably very shrewd. I'm sure when it came to that, but it's just what strikes me about him is, just his passion for other things that are mm-hmm. that he was work with and things that personally touched him in his life. Oh yeah. And oh, just, yeah. I mean to me the story about going back to school to get his GED because he wanted to set that example. That that's example? that's an amazing story right there. Yes, to sir. me personally, I yeah, think that's I agree. It's out there. I agree. Okay. Dave Thomas. Yeah. Go I, I want a Wendy's burger I right know, now. I kind of do too. Is the drive through open? I don't I don't think so. Anyway. Anyway. We got what? One more? One more uh, one, maybe two. fast we'll, food or one more food giant? We'll decide. It, one I mean, we'll maybe two. And, one maybe two. There's one for sure that we're going to cover. Maybe another. I don't know. If we can find something that's out there a little bit more off the wall. We'll see. Yeah. Definitely one more. We'll We'll have to go from there. But yeah. Fourth of July uh, is coming up, so please be safe. Um, Go get your dogs think, or doggy Xanax now. Yeah, I don't think that we'll have an episode. I think this is the last episode before the 4th of July. In fact, I'm the next episode is scheduled to come out on the 4th of July. Um, we'll see. We may have one out on the 3rd. It may be on the 5th. But uh, if we don't get one out by the 4th of July, then be safe. Make good choices. Um, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Be be careful. Uber is up and running. Mm-hmm. So if you're out drinking, get yep. an Uber. Yep. Call a cab. Call and a friend. Don't don't drink in firework either. That's how fingers and toes get lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I just remember uh, our friend Matt and the uh, the, oh the Gator. I'm, they I'm had, so excited. They to go had to they had uh, they have Roman, bottle rockets. Ro- Roman candles attached to the side of the Gator, and they were and just driving, driving it up around. and down. And Roman candles just shooting, and then and, Ellie and Abby. Yeah, their little girls had sparklers, sparklers attached to the bottom of their to the sides of their Hot Wheels, and they were just following right along. I wish they would put that on YouTube. Well, I'm sure, but they're doing it again this year, so keep an eye out. Maybe we'll post it on the socials. 
All right. So how do they get hold of us? Well, you Kim? can find us on all those socials on Twitter, um, Facebook and Instagram. And you can write to us at a lost hour at gmail.com. Or you can just go to an hour of your and find us there. And you've already obviously found how to listen to us if you're hearing this episode. Mm-hmm. So help us out. Tell a friend. If you like the stories that we tell, you find it interesting. Tell a friend. Yeah. And just share us like that. Feel free to. I found out today the thing about Instagram. Like if we get 10,000 followers on Instagram, which we're not even close to, but if we get 10,000 followers on Instagram, then I can post links and stories and we can post like more fun stuff. So go tell everybody that you know to like us on Instagram, whether they actually listen to the show or not. That way we can create second and third accounts, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Okay. What else? Fully oh, algorithms. Yeah. If you live in local to the Dayton area, uh, you might want to listen to our new podcast called the 937 Podcast, mm-hmm. and it will give you a good clue of what's happening in the upcoming week. So if you're sitting around like, oh, there's nothing to do, I don't know what to do, just the 937podcast.com, and it will tell you all about all the stuff that we can find on the web. This week, we are going to be featuring a local charity Um, instead of normally we try to feature a a local business each month. So our business of the month or restaurant of the month this month, we are going to be featuring a local charity called It's Time To. So tune in for that one. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. So from our studios in Sugar Creek Township. Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us. Sources this week include MASH.com, Ohio History Central, Wikipedia, Biography, and, of course, Wendy's.com.